0: Hello and welcome to Business Matters on Highland Radio. I'm Chris Ashmore. Delighted to say that I'm joined by John Graham, whose family have been involved farming here on the outskirts of Rafoe for many years. And John, several years ago, made a big decision, changed tack somewhat to uh, set up a new business. And uh, Valley Holy Farm Shop from small beginnings has made great strides. So, John, first of all, maybe just tell us a little bit about your own background growing up here, just outside Rafo, and
1: what uh, sparked off the decision to uh, go down a new road. Well Chris, uh, I took over from my father here in around uh, 2001 and it was always a mixed farm here with cattle, uh, spuds and a few vegetables. Um, It was a quite uh, limited amount of vegetables that we grew at the time, just basically carrots and turnips and cabbage and uh, gradually I bought that up to have a bigger variety and uh, then around about five or six years after that I decided that the wholesale market which we were basically doing at that time was starting to slow down a bit and was getting harder to move product every year so I decided if I wanted to keep at it um, I'd have to change tack and and go down a different route and that was where decided to go down the route of a uh, direct sale and to build my own farm shop. Right, so you opened up a, a
0: small farm shop, so basically selling fresh veg, eggs and I
1: think a little bit of jam, so it, w- it was all local produce from here? I the was was all small at the start I suppose, with, um, just my own veg and and uh, I was buying on a few uh, jams and stuff from local uh, local suppliers. And oh, uh, you know, we could see that the interest was there, and there was a better chance of us uh, making a future for ourselves and and the veg growing if we could uh, sell more direct to keep our costs down and get more the end price. Feedback word of mouth is key at that stage when
0: you're small because you're not going to have an advertising budget or going out. So when you get a good response from people and they tell their friends, it, it just grows organically.
1: That's it. I mean, it was a slow, I suppose it was slow growing at the start for the first couple of years. And then, um, well, I got the chance to do the the farmers market in Letterkenny. And that was a big help to try and get our name out there. Um, So we used to do the market every Saturday myself and uh, and met a lot of people through it and word of mouth from it as well, where a few uh, chefs and that from local restaurants started to come and heard of us. And like once maybe one or two chefs started using your products and they were telling other chefs or they were watching each other's social media and that, it gradually um, grew that end of the business too. They sell to uh, restaurants, so it all helped to get the name out there.
0: And were there many other people selling their own produce locally or had, had we gone so far down the road that nearly everybody was getting everything in the supermarket?
1: Well, I just heard statistic there recently that since 1961, the amount of uh, veg producers or fruit and veg producers in Ireland has gone down by 73. percent So that's a big, a big drop. Um, so like, there's not as many growers out there as there used to be. Yeah. And, and that's two reasons, I suppose. There's not enough. Uh, there's no profit in it, or, or the, the sales will go down because of the big supermarkets. Um, I think it's around 83% of the fruit and veg now they're consumed in Ireland or imported so the the imports are they're uh, falling the void of all the from the the growers that have quit you know over the years And a lot of people you know when they're shopping they might be in a big
0: supermarket they're they're picking up veg, it's going into the trolley there's probably no concept of of how long it is from that coming out of the ground to get into their table and it, it can be quite a long time whereas if you're buying something locally that's freshly produced, it could have been dug that morning and, and you're getting it really really fresh and, and that is one of the big
1: key differences. Well, well that's always what I said, and like this, like we couldn't compete with supermarkets on uh, price but as far as freshness was concerned we'd beat them hands down like where we'd have stuff that was harvested in the morning and be in the shop in the evening. You know that's what people want and that's when you get more uh, more nutrition from your food the fresher it is and the the first shop that you had here it was just a, a small outlet it, it was really small i mean you couldn't really swing a cat on it really to be honest with you but it served its purpose for the first few years and really until we started to outgrow it just before the first lockdown when covid came along and once the lockdown came uh, the demand for local produce and those just went through the roof like mm-hmm. that increased so much so after the first six months of lockdown we decided to build a new shop and uh, that gave us more space to to uh, stock more product from more producers.
0: So when Covid came nobody knew how long it was going to last and as a small business yourself no doubt it was a worrying time because you, you didn't know what way it was going to pan out?
1: I suppose uh, for vegetable growers we were kind of unique and that. I know for a lot of businesses the lockdown where it was a disaster and very uh, very bad for business where we were the opposite. Uh, our sales went kind of through the roof really and the best thing about it was we had to do very little effort in, in uh, selling. It was all about producing that in two years was just produce as much and get it into the shop as quick as you could because it was just flying out the door. Um, so I know everybody said at that time that that people had seen the light that they were they going to leave the rat race for good but um, we kind of found after the second year lockdown that people were starting to go back to work they hadn't as much time again to do the, the cooking and and that's where you find about uh, modern living I suppose everybody's in a hurry and they haven't as much time for preparing meals as they used to, so going forward like we need to think more about maybe ready-made meals or just helping people on on how to maybe quick quick meals or getting getting down that route. And
0: what about during COVID uh, your your online presence, did you change
1: things there? Uh, So like the first few months of lockdown we had the we weren't sure, we, we weren't really allowed to run the market so we had a, we, we set up a lot online within a couple of nights actually, we, 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 uh, we made, our, we done up our own uh, website and online page. One for the market and one for the shop, so we had two, so people would order online and then pick up at the market or pick up here at the shop and then that, that kept the social distancing in place. And it actually did work, it kept us going, worked well during COVID, it was, it was very, very busy for the first few months. Um, we kind of went back from the online order and then after when everything opened up again because we just didn't have the manpower to keep it keep it all going. Now, we're going to take a little break for the moment because another
0: customer has just come into the uh, shop here at Ballyholy Farm Shop, so John is going to go out and uh, deal with them. A steady flow of customers, so always a good start. Now John we're talking here after storm Isha and you, know, you have a power cut here uh, which has made it rather interesting and you know technology is important. You've had a few people calling in today uh, you haven't be a- been able to uh, use your normal uh, card machine but they can pay using their phone and you know this is another example of, of how you can help business which years ago that, that could have been a problem.
1: No, that's it. Even so, we have a system that we call the honesty box. Whenever the uh, whenever the shop's closed, and um, the people can help themselves with the potatoes and the veg and the eggs, and they can pay money into the, the honesty box outside. But we also have the QR code for Revolut that people can pay with their phone. Yeah. So yeah, you, you have to move with the times. I mean, it would have been if you had a heard of that like a few years ago, we'd said, how would that work, but it's new to me as well, but it's working.
0: And the whole online thing, as you mentioned there, you know, people can put in an order
1: and come and collect it later, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, well, we've kind of gone away from the online at the moment because we're just a bit short staffed and it does take a bit, uh, a bit more time for yeah. order to go, but we do... We do, uh, d- Deliver to a few customers in around Kenny. I actually don't have cars for that. And every weekend, I have a few deliveries to do in around Kenny.
0: So uh, the farmers' market in Letterkenny was a, an important outlet for you and, and
1: getting the place known. Right. So I, I got the opportunity to go to the market. I wasn't sure how I'd even find the time to, to get there. Um, I remember the first Saturday the market was on. It was starting at eleven. I was rushing out to the field to grab a lot of stuff and. At a half ten, as far as I remember, and uh, I loaded a few, as much as I could onto the back of the jeep and headed on the road, and um, couldn't believe how how well it sold on the first day, and it gradually grew from that. Um, we our sales went up and up, um, and it was very important. It was we had more sales at the at the market on uh, a few hours on a Saturday than maybe that the shop would have done all week at the start, and then uh, gradually the, the shop built up um from the uh from the word of mouth in the market um but now the the market was re- really really 50 percent of our our uh, sales at that at, after about the first year was going to the market was a very important part uh, and you're still involved uh, very much so the, the market's moved now down to the port road in letter and um, so there's only four of us stallholders there at the moment, but it still remains a big uh Outlet for us for our produce.
0: Uh. I'm sure you see uh, a lot of repeat business because once people come and they've tried the
1: produce and they're very happy with it, they're going to come back. Well, that's, that's exactly people. I uh, do the market, and Larry Kenny, myself. Um, people have had people coming for years now. They know they know me well. They know how hard we work here to, um, to produce the stuff, and um, they appreciate the work that we do, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't question. Um, the price when, when they know the story behind it. Because people are willing to pay that little premium because
0: of the fact that they're getting a, a superior product.
1: Well, that's it. Um, well, people have more of a connection to the farm when they know where the, where the produce is from. Um, well, one of the big events that we've done to help to help uh, push our, our relationship with the consumer was the Doubt Fear Dinner that we started organising during the summer. So we ran that for the last four years as well. It really helps to build a relationship where um, families can come out and, and out to our fields and dig the veils themselves. That's um, normally a good, fun day and uh, we enjoy doing it and, and the, the families and the children all yeah. have a great day. And I think it's been featured on RTE's Ear to the Ground as well? That's right. I, um, one of the presenter, Darren McCullough, had heard about what we are going to do and he had an interest in it because he is a farm shop as well and uh, he talked to the producer and they were really keen to get up to see how uh, this Dug for Your Dinner event would work and how we, it worked well that day, the, the, the weather was good people enjoyed it and uh, the to the ground crew thought it was a great day And, and it was a, a family affair I, I take it for a lot of people? It was, we had three generations of the same family out in the field and um, people just would just be blown away how much they enjoy it Because there was a
0: lot of kids growing up who who maybe have never dug a bit of veg in their life or may not even know just what it looks like coming out of the ground. They're, they're seeing the polished end product
1: sometimes in a shiny, flashy supermarket. That's right, as I so the, the stuff in the supermarket is uh, everything's the same shape and same size and same colour. Whereas people might realise when you go out to a field that that's not the way that things grow. Um, they can be all shapes and sizes and uh, people might be more uh, willing to take the the wonkier vegs in when they see that for sale and at the market or the shop whenever they see that that's the way it comes out of the ground. And you've already got a date this year for dig for your dinner. And it's normally it's normally the last weekend in July. We can have a, a, a window there where we can run the event because I have to plan it that the there's a certain variety of age already in the one field, the one time. So we've got a plan that goes on to how you sow and plant the things to work it out, but we have one day we have about three weekends that we can run it. And what way does it work? Do people gather so much stuff
0: and then they pay at the end?
1: It's, uh, the ticket is 40 euro and it covers a, a whole family, as many people as you want to come, and we give you one crate per family and you can put as much veg into that crate as you want, of whatever kind you want. That's the way it works. So it's great value, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great value. And they, they get more than their 40 years worth of mm-hmm. uh, veg home with them.
0: So tell me uh, just how many different types of veg do you actually grow here on the farm?
1: I think it might be, it would have been up around 100 at one time. I might have brought it down to me, but now it could be around 50 or 60 maybe. But there's, uh, there's still a lot, a lot of different mm-hmm. types. And
0: obviously, some products are more popular than others. So, you know, is there is there a lot of
1: planning all the time as to to try and match the demand to what's going to be there. I suppose every year I look at what sold the previous year, what way I think the trend's is going. Um, I suppose I should be ahead of the curve rather than following it, but um, I suppose every year we see a, a wee trend away from uh, the more traditional things like uh, cabbage and turnip um, and potatoes. Uh, the carrots would still be very popular and Broccoli and cauliflower, rainbow carrots will be a new one that'll be fairly—it's picking up every year. Um, black kale will be another one. And then with yeah. you know people
0: becoming health conscious, and then we have trends and we have super foods and things like that. And again, that would tie in because suddenly you could see a surge in interest in, in something uh, like, as you mentioned, you know, broccoli is really being popular the last few years.
1: You know, the biggest one we would have seen back backyard uh, maybe five or six years ago now was green kale. Everybody was buying green kale, so the following year we put in more green kale and then nobody started, nobody bought it. I see a kind of downward trend again away from the green kale, but we still grow some of it, just not as much. Now, so potatoes always a, a big seller and different varieties, so what's the most popular? Every year, Rooster will be taking over more from the Cares Pink, um, and I suppose Marsh Pipers getting in there now too. People, a lot of loved ones looking for them, so. Um we grow we go uh, pinks, rooster, golden wonder and Marsh Paper and Queen's in for the early season. And would you find there's a, a difference between sort of the, the younger customer and the older customer? That would tend to be uh, the rooster would be more for the younger customer or somebody who's in a hurry and lets them washed. Um that would tend to be the way alright. I uh, would we'd sell more Rooster and Lather and more pinks here at home in Ballioli. Now when you're taking the veg out of the ground
0: and you're going to put it on display in the shop is it a case of some people like to see the carrots with a bit of dirt on it and some people want to see them washed and ready to just take and use? So how do
1: you sort of judge that? I will still I will say the dirty carrots is still one of the most popular um, veg that we grow and um, still a very good seller. Um, it just depends if people are in a hurry they might buy the wash ones, they ask you are they, are they all the same and they're out of the same field so the dirty ones will keep for a month, the washed ones will keep for a fortnight, that's usually what I tell people. And what about seasonality?
0: Because we're standing here on a pretty wet and dreadful day and obviously different times of the year different crops are going to be
1: better. Aye, well I suppose this time of year now it's a lot of things starting to go out of season. Um, so we'll still be picking uh, carrots and kale and beetroot, turnips, cabbage uh, well we have the, the potatoes are in storage um, but like a lot of other things when you're in North West Ireland here uh, stuff does be out of season and like people aren't going to just not buy or just survive on stuff that's in season so we do have to buy in products that when, when our own is out of season and there's not to say now nothing's really out of season anymore you just, you just bring it from further away and that's that tends to be the way it works. Um, people want it all year round so we have to source some stuff on our own goes out season but we've got pretty good at the carrots now, we can have carrots of our own pretty much 10 months of the year um, depending on how bad the frost is in that. Um, and that And potatoes are more or less 12 months of the year. So obviously it's a, a pretty labor intensive business particularly on the,
0: on the veg side and, and getting them out of the ground so there's a number of people involved.
1: Uh, so I have uh, three full-time staff. That's uh, normally my sister, uh, Louise Graham, does the shop. She'd be in the shop five days a week. Uh Rory Keyes does the harvesting and packing orders. Um, and he'd also be doing the sowing and planting in the polytunnels. Orla Jordan would be pulled between all all places. She's a jack of all trades. She could be doing coffee in the in the shop or or sowing or harvesting or feeding cattle. Uh, myself I will do most of the feeding cattle and the sowing and planting out in the field and the deliveries and the marketing that I can. And uh, Then of course I rope on anybody else that's around as well. My modern and father still get uh, pulled in to do an odd job here and there. Um, nobody's safe really for me. And behind <laughs> every good man there's a good woman. Oh, exactly, um, sure. Um, my wife really helps to keep me on my toes, uh, keep the thing right Um there's a lot of work goes into organizing and planning and she'd uh, help me a lot with it. And this is Tracy. That's Tracy, is right. Yeah.
0: Now the soil, you know
1: how important is that and, and in terms of
0: rotating the crops what, what happens there?
1: So I would say we're lucky in that end so we have a mixed farm here so we have a lot of cattle so we rotate the fields around, we have we're lucky we have a good choice and, and plenty of acreage to move around because we're, we have 130 acres of land and we're only growing around 20 acres now between spuds and veg in any one year so we'd normally crop a field for about two years and then move on to a fresh field then which has been in grass for the last maybe 10 years so we don't have as big a build up with disease or lack of nutrients or anything in the soil So. We don't need to use as many fertilizers or sprays when we're growing the crops because we just don't have the same uh, pest pressure as maybe the bigger growers in in areas that are uh, growing a lot of age. So we're lucky that
0: way. Mm -hmm. And do you have to be particularly mindful about potential
1: diseases that can hit? Every crop has its problems. Um, Every crop's different and every year's different. one year one crop will do well, next year it can be something else and um, now last year was particularly the year it was one of the worst years I've had growing veg I mean Britain basically rained from July to now, like December, January, it was a really bad year for growing veg, now a lot of it a lot of the leafy green veg and the brassicas it didn't do didn't do well at all. So just how much could the yields vary? Uh, we'd, our yields were back uh, maybe somewhat was only thirty percent of what it should have been. Somewhat was half. it was pretty bad now. So
0: the unpredictable nature mm-hmm. of, of farming
1: in Ireland. Yeah. it was a bad year now for it. and a lot of a bad year for a lot of farmers and every every, every line everybody hurt. There's no crop or animal done well within the last twelve months now. Yeah.
0: So on the flip side, if if you get a good year weather-wise, it, it can make a yep. really big difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, like uh, last, the year before last year, a lot of crops did very good. Normally, we'd always have our cabbage, are too big. Nobody wants them. They're, nobody wants a huge cabbage, and this year they're too small. And then
0: in, in the summertime, if we're getting lots of good weather, you know, people want to eat more, more
1: salads and, and more veg. I, so, we would always find as soon as the weather starts to warm up in the spring, which we'll say May time, on of the, of the real first warm day. You just find the seals, the root veg, just fall away and people just switch to uh, salad leaves and spinach and that type of thing. So we try to grow more of that uh, salad and spinach. Uh, salad and spinach is what we want to grow more of. Uh, we go out in the polytunnel, a, bit more, a lot of labour goes into it. But it is a, a popular and getting more popular every year in the restaurants. They uh, really like the salad leaf as well. And just tell us a
0: little bit about the restaurants. You know, you work with quite a number of them, and, and that's a, a very important part of your business. Um, so, because they put in orders sort of how far in
1: advance? Um, Pretty much just the day before. Um, we've built up a good relationship with, with the restaurants that we're working with. I've been working with the same ones now for a good number of years. We're really trying to work. With them and that in the springtime, I I was giving someone my seed catalog and saying like, listen, what do you want me to try and grow for you? And we'll 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 have a go at it. We're not growing it already. We'll have a, a stab at it anyway. Um, because and they really liked that that somebody could, would grow exactly what they want. And so we built that relationship, and then we we started doing. So we're selling them vagues. So we started then selling. We like decided we could sell soup in the shop. Uh, like warm soup in, in the cold weather so each week we get a different restaurant to do a, a different soup for us and we're lucky, Like we're working with some of the best chefs in, in Ireland not even in the county and um, so I thought it would be a shame not to be putting them to the test and making us a good soup for the shop um, so we, we give, give them the veg and they, they make the soup for us and then our customers really love it, like every week something different and you can really see it in so
0: many local restaurants, you know, there is a very definite trend at the moment about promoting local produce and the menus are saying exactly where things are, are sourced, so it's all helping the, the circular economy and, you know, everybody's a winner.
1: Exactly, I and mean, if you can buy your, your products from what has been produced inside the county, you're keeping your money in the county and um, That's what I always wonder about the big supermarkets—how much money they're taking in. But there's next to none of it stays in the county. Um, that's a real. That's a real uh, sales point for a, for a restaurant, if you can say they're buying they're buying local produce. And I think people can taste the difference in, in, in the food that they're eating in the restaurant.
0: You're listening to Business Matters with me, Chris Ashmore. My guest this week is John Graham of Ballyholy Farm Shop, just outside Rathfoll. Join us again after this break. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. If you're looking for a career in financial governance, consider the Level 9 MA in Governance and IT in Financial Services, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and contact
1: the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today.
0: Welcome back. I'm with John Graham of Ballyholy Farm and the shop, which is just located off the Letterkenny to Lifford main road. Uh, John, we're in the cabin here now. First of all, this cabin is not the original one you had. You you, you had to expand.
1: No, so we were, we built this cabin in the first second year in lockdown. So we just outgrew the first one. Um, and at the time I bought this one I thought it was, it was really big, but then when we get everything else into it now it's, uh, we're nearly, we're nearly outgrowing this one as well, but we've we've added a lot more uh, products from local producers now, so that's We had the space, so we filled it up.
0: Well, let's just uh, go out the door here. We'll, we'll start off if somebody was coming in uh Really big selection of uh, local produce, so uh, just tell us
1: a little bit about what we have here. So at the front of the the shop, on the the porch as we call it, we call it the honesty box. So uh, so we have a good selection of our own veg here, the onions, the shallots, potatoes, celery, leaf, cabbage, cauliflower, Mm. broccoli, carrots, all the veg, all the root veg, and the potatoes, and we also have our own eggs. As well, so this is the honesty box. People, um, if the shops closed, the shops closed on a Tuesday and a Sunday, people can come here, get their own veg and put the money in the box, or pay me a with the phone. And um, but the veg stays out here all week, yeah. um,
0: and it's clearly priced, so people know yeah. exactly what everything is. Um, now, the, the free-range eggs, uh, a lot of people will say there's such a big difference in taste when you're an egg between something that's free-range and something that's uh, come out of
1: cages. The best-selling thing we have is dirty cats. Well, the second best-selling thing is eggs. Um, people really, it's un- unbelievable how many eggs we sell. And you have a different couple of different types of eggs as well? Yeah, well we have three different uh, breeds of hens, so the eggs can be all different colours. But we also have uh, duck eggs as well from, a, uh, from another local, right. local man.
0: And on the walls here, uh, great to see you, a number of certificates and awards. Now, you've worked with the Food Coast Donegal closely, and it's all about promoting local food and produce and... There's a great
1: sort of network of people there, isn't there? And that's what it's about. I met so many people through that food coast. Um, so I met some chefs and other producers, and some of the other uh, producers that we stock in the shop. That's where I met them first, was at the yeah. food coast events. So you're all helping each other. Exactly, that's what it's all about. Yeah. All, so let's um, go
0: inside now. And you mentioned there, you know, other producers. So when we come inside, uh, there is a a great variety of, of stock here that is starting off a number of items that are refrigerated, and we've got uh, everything from milk to cheese. And maybe you can tell us a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So the first thing is the freezer. We normally have um, ice cream from the milk bar from Shannon Porter. See, that's a local farm in Newton. So we sell their milk and their their ice cream. They just started doing that this summer and we also sell ice cream from Glastry Farm, which is a farming county down. We have Donegal cheese, we have kombucha that's made the the We also have salads and sandwiches from Martin Anderson and Sonder. We do a good bit of work with him, so we sell him the, the salads and, and uh, the leaves and stuff and he makes them into salad bowls and, and sandwiches. Homemade sausage rolls here, and uh, pasta. And we also have uh, carving glen bacon. We have uh, ready-made meals from Sheila's kitchen in Remelton. melting. On ahead round here, then we'd have beetroot juice from another farm. I deal with then, and uh, they're from o- Offaly, a uh, vegetable farmer. Someone himself actually, and the daughter started doing that beetroot juice, bottling their own beetroot. Um, we have apple juice from Armagh. I did buy it directly from uh, Pat McKeever and Armagh myself. We also have uh, scones and bakes from Laura's Bakery. Uh, she's a little, we get bread from three different bakers, four different bakers actually. Laura's uh, produce sells really well. And then around here we have cookies and um, things from Kilbegan. it's another small artisan company. We have mugs here that are uh, decorated by a local woman in Artigarvan. Farm
0: themes, so we've Mummy Farmer and uh, we've got uh, I'm the Get. Get the Get Girl. Get the Get Girl. We've Hello Silage Goodbye Sleep, so uh, <laughs> certainly plenty of humour there and they, they really stand out. They, uh, they're they're uh, an image of a pair of wellies on them, nice big bright mug and, and they'll nice. hold a big cup of tea in yeah, there or yeah, coffee. Or coffee.
1: coffee. <laughs> um, we have Donegal Ripseed Oil. Local, very local to us, only at the other end of the Ballaughley Road. Shane's Tuna is another. Billy uh, bags, yeah. Billy bags, local one. We have Folligans jams and chutneys. And um, this is the milk milk vending machine from the milk bar. So tell us a little bit about people can come in here and, and yeah. just fill up. We've only got started doing this and started the summer last year. It's proved very very popular. Um, it's really taken off. Right, um, so what what are the options you can come in with a we have a bottle, or you can bring your own bottle, uh, a litre bottle or a half litre and uh, fill them up fresh. Here we get it done fresh every every two days. You're also for people who, who come in to
0: the uh, shop, you're doing coffee now coffee so they now, can take some time out and relax. We've got a
1: new coffee machine back at the start of the summer. That's uh, proved very popular and um, people really like it now. It's, uh, we we done a, a seated area at the side where people can come and get their coffee and we can well and sit out. Yeah, so
0: let's just uh, looking out through the window here, the, the decking and the seated area, and it's it's quite a big size, so you can accommodate a, on a nice day, I take it, uh, a fair crowd.
1: Uh, well, like, we we've, we find at the start of the summer that people were, of course, they buy a coffee, they want somewhere to sit down. So we had a few seats at the front, but I had this idea for a couple of years that I might do a decking out the side, so. Uh, I um, more or less tore into that in uh, June, started building the decking. Um, so
0: again, it's all about adding value, people exactly. are going to stay longer. People,
1: people have, We find that people will pull up in their car, and maybe maybe they're up to Donegal on holidays, they come into the shop, they buy a few things, they buy a coffee. They don't want to just get into their car and, and drive home. They want to sit out with their children if it's, the day's good. So I could see there's demand there for people to stay away. while. So that was the idea about building the decking and just have the extra space.
0: And I'm sure visitors, people from outside the county, you know, if they stumble across something like this, this is exactly the sort of thing that they want, you know, away from a city, maybe, and, and coming here and on a nice day in particular.
1: Exactly. Well, we, like, we're in a very good location we're on the main Dublin road. We get a lot of people calling in that are on their way from Dublin to Donegal for the weekend. Repeat customers. They always call in. So like it wasn't a good summer. So. I decided then I'd have to roof part of it, so I put a roof on part of it there in November and then that, we use that space out there as well at Christmas time to expand the shop because we're very, very busy at Christmas time. And on the approach roads there's, there's plenty of signage as
0: well and you've got your, your logo and people become familiar with that and, and that all plays a part.
1: Yeah, yeah, the signs on the road uh, they play a big part and so does the social media as well. And there are farm shops all over the county, all over the country and
0: uh, you know it's been a, a real growth area and I suppose people look at others and you,
1: you're taking ideas and always thinking of what's the next step ahead and That's it, i always be looking at other places and seeing what direction they're going down But and, uh, I've had a few people come come to here and say this is a real farm shop like you could pull up in your car and the next thing I pull in beside you will be Rory in the tractor coming with boxes of stuff into the shop uh, he would have the dirt and the wellies. Uh, it's it's just the proper proper farm shop.
0: No doubt, you're always looking ahead. You you, you have a little bit of space so you can incorporate uh, new ideas. And again, you know, if people stay a little bit longer, that's part of of adding to the whole package and and making it an experience.
1: Well, I do I do see that when people come, they want to they want to see more or spend more time here we can see more of the farm i uh, I do visit a lot of other places to see what any ideas we can get about doing other things and we have um, a few ideas in mind so you can watch this space and see what we can do no doubt you put
0: in a lot of hours sometimes you have to actually take a step back and say right i've done enough for this week and how do, how do you unwind because you need time away from the two
1: uh, there's a lot of long hours put into it. Uh, I don't know how on mind. <laughs> uh, the shop it is demand to keep it keep it on point all the time and up to date. But listen, I'm I'm pretty chilled out, you know, when I go into the house and sit down, not too bad.
0: <laughs> I'm speaking with John Graham at the Ballyholy Farm Shop. John, some sectors in the economy get more supports than others and indeed in farming some Sectors get subsidies and some don't. Uh, in terms of the vegetable sector, uh, you're not exactly getting
1: a, a helping hand out there. No, that's where I always say that the vegetable sector is a bit different from other sectors, and that's maybe one of the reasons why there's so few vegetable farmers left. Um, so, the way it works, I mean, you, you grow the veg, you sell it, and if you don't have enough money to cover your costs, then you're, you're down money and where I suppose there's a lot of farming sectors that, that don't make any money but it's the subsidies that keep them in business and there, if there was no subsidies for beef farmers or sheep farmers or tillage farmers there'd be very little probably, of them farmers either, they'd be dropping out so that, that's where the vegetable grower is different, he doesn't get any subsidies So. If he grows a crop or, do, or does bad or doesn't sell it gets a bad price, Like there's nothing to, to subsidise the growing of it, he just loses money.
0: And know. probably because you are relatively small in numbers, from a political point of view, you know, there's not much noise being made, so you're, you're relatively small fry, so there's not many votes in
1: it. No, exactly, <laughs> and I suppose even though the growers are dropping out, there's not really a scarcity of produce because the imports just fill the gap. Mm. So, and
0: most people do want to to buy Irish produce when they can.
1: They can, uh, Yeah. Um, um, so I suppose that it don't mess the water till the well runs dry. I suppose when there's no growers left, that's when they realise. Then what are we going to do to get them back? Mm-hmm. But um, I suppose I would say it's hard to get people to go into veg growing unless you've been at it for years or or you I mean it's in your family or that because it's not. You don't, definitely don't do it for the money anyway. And you don't see too many
0: people doing the leaving cert and saying, well, I'm going to be a vegetable farmer. <laughs> no,
1: definitely not. to be few and far between the out.
0: The business climate out there, you know, is Ireland a good place to do business?
1: Well, I did read something there recently that Ireland is the second most expensive country to farm in. So, that's, that's not easy now. Um, costs have got very high in the last couple of years and that, that, that's that been very sore in vegetable farmers now I buy most of my seed from a company in Dublin and the last two years uh, the, the manager has rang me in January and uh, she said well John, what's the story what's the plan up, are you in or out or are you up or down because there must be that many growers just leaving the sector that she's forward buying her seed and she's, she's, only in the last two years that she's been ringing you up and, think, and asking like, are you going to stay at it or quit It just shows you how many people are quitting, because it is a tough game there. So
0: like, North Dublin is sort of the the main vegetable area in in the country, but as you say, you know, when you go around the country, you don't see an awful lot of veg being grown. And yet, at the same time, producing good local and organic sometimes, uh, people will pay that extra. There's a growing market there as
1: well, so it's a, a bit of a paradox. It is, it is. Uh, th- there is a market there. I suppose you just have to work hard to to get it and put yourself out there, but I suppose it's just hard to, you have to be convenient. It's hard to be convenient. So the supermarket, or a lot of people might have liked the idea of uh, giving the local farmer a turner, buying local, but just the convenience of the supermarket won at the end of the day. So that's where we've, kind of improved a bit and we've got on the, the milk from the milk bar and the bread from the lemon tree and, and the coffee. It's all about the one stop now they can come here and get everything in the one place which has really made a difference. Mm-hmm.
0: What about the uh, agencies that are out there to s- help small businesses the likes of the uh, local enterprise office and they they play a big role because it's not just finance but it's also advice and mentoring and, and just uh,
1: even having something someone who can listen to you if you want to throw out an idea I find them good for uh, advice and mentoring and maybe pointing in a direction to go if you were looking for maybe specialised advice or or wanting to see maybe how a different company that's in the same line of business as yours has done things different. Um, I've gone on a few trips through the enterprise board over to see farm shops so, looking ahead for 2024, are you fairly upbeat? Listen, the, I suppose we had, 2023 was a, a year of contrasts because the farm shop never has done better. It's really taken off in the last year. But then the growing end of things was a desperate year. It's the worst year I think we've ever had. But I suppose going forward, we will hope the, the shop will build even more. And hopefully 2024 will be a better year for growing. I don't think it could be worse, I know.
0: <laughs> And can you weather-proof things to an extent by maybe sort of altering the type of veg and what's in poly tunnels and maybe what's more exposed?
1: Well, I, I definitely would try and stick to the, the drier fields, for sure. Maybe using crop covers. We would use fleece and that on some of the early stuff. More of that in the spring helps to... there's less of a risk. If you can cover, cover plants, there's less of a risk that you're going to lose them, and they'll do bad, but there's more work in it. But all in all, when you look around, I mean, you must be very proud
0: of what you've done over the last few years, and you've a great business, and it's going from strength to strength.
1: Well, I always say, I try and listen to my customers, and every idea that I've got, I've kind of gotten more or less got from my customers, or they kind of point you in the direction and I see what they like, and I try and head that way, but I listen... I'm lucky we have so many good customers that support us, um, and that's what makes the difference. I mean, I can grow the best veg in Ireland, but if people don't come and buy it, it doesn't mean anything. So, it's the the customers that keep the place going. It doesn't matter what I do, really.
0: John Graham, many thanks for joining us on Business Matters, and we wish you every success in the
1: future. Thanks very much, Chris.